Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Going Off Track. My name is Jonah. I am also Jonah. Wait, no shit. No. Steven. That's Steven. And together... We make a band... Uh, it's so weird, Brad not being here. Yeah, Brad... Brad Again! Brad isn't here for this intro. Uh, oh, why? Why? Because Brad won by running rubber tracks where we're allowed to record our podcast. Uh, they send him everywhere. Yeah. Like Bogota. Like he goes all over the place to these drop in recording studios. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We got to, we, somebody we have to have the dude on who created Rubber Tracks. It's such a cool story how this place works. Anyway, um, today on the show, uh, you brought in. I brought, I brought this guest in. And, and I didn't like, like abduct her. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. <laughs> but, you didn't grab her like I mean, Robo was, in Colombia. No, no. This is, I mean, she consented to coming here. But uh, <laughs> Nikki Glazer, who's super funny. And uh, I think we talk about it. But yeah, she did a show with my sister like a couple days before. She had a show on MTV, Nikki and Sir Alive. Had a great podcast. Yeah. But yeah. I met her just like a couple days before we taped this. And she did a show with Vanessa. And then I we started following each other on Twitter or something. And I was like, you should come to my podcast. And she like came and it was great. It's funny how following each other on Twitter is a way of discussing interaction as opposed to 10 years ago, but like we started following each other. Weird, creepy, stalkery, but on Twitter, it's fine. See what we have to say. See what witticisms we like to come up with, such yeah. limericks and missives and haikus. Yes, that is true. Um, I also like people who like her who are naturally funny, but also comedians. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like who don't. And we've all met them, comedians who are on, quote unquote, and it's fine. That's your gig. You know, uh, I, I like to thank you and I've always tried to have, you know, a modicum of sincerity in anything we do, but she's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I dug it. Yeah. She's cool. She's really cool. Um, yeah. And I felt like we talked a lot about comedy, mm-hmm. sex stuff. Yeah. The, the, the biggins. Yeah. Cover some, some cool stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, and, and Benny Horowitz is here. Oh, yes. Benny Horowitz from Gaslight Anthem guest hosted this. Thank you, Benny. Uh, you can catch Benny on tour, I think, probably now. They are mm, out and about. Yeah, they're around. I know. Uh, yeah. They're, yeah. It's hard, that, that it's hard for Gaslight tour. Anthem to be your side gig as opposed to being a host of a podcast. I mean, I know. Well, I, I told him, I was like, dude, like, I was like, you're gone a lot. Like, you're with Gaslight a lot. I know you guys have a record coming out, but it's like. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So. 
Uh, whatever, Benny. Go do it. Yeah. So yeah. But thanks for being here for this one. Th- yeah, there was a cool moment. Like yeah. Well, I'm not gonna ruin it. Uh, listen Nikki to Nikki Glaze. Some people have great parents, and they don't need to get away. Yes, it's it's, it's odd. It's but it very does. it's very few and far between. It happens though. When <laughs> I see does it, happen, it's a rare yeah. thing. It's like a it's a sighting of like an animal. <laughs> see now, see that kind of stuff just scares me to death. Because now, as a parent, yeah, this is like, what I constantly worry about. Last night, like, yeah. like like last night, one of my kids just could not sleep and was just being a dick about it. Sure, and then I got mad, and then she got even madder. And cut to me like at two in the morning folding laundry because I'm so anxious and upset that I'm like, I'm the worst dad ever. I can't believe this. Right. And then you and never d- know what little thing is going to like change the trajectory of her life and oh, make and her. That could be hate it. herself or like start yeah. cutting. And now yeah, that's kind of what I worry <laughs> start about. Cutting. Uh, that's like br- it's one little thing. And like because, you know. Yeah, I just, I look back at what my parents did, and it's the old, you know, trope of, like, we did the best we could. And it's like, well, did you? Eh, yeah. Probably not. Yeah, like, if we all did the, we, uh, people who say we do, I do, I'm just doing the best I can. It's like, no, no one's doing yeah. the best they can. I couldn't agree All with the time. It's a ridiculous thing to people say. People say that to me but all the time. They I do. think you're probably a good dad. If you're worried about being a bad dad, that is, just awareness is it. You Most sound exactly like my therapist. I go to a lot of therapy. Which is weird because he's a dude. <laughs> but he also, he said this to me and I think about it every day. I like, I just want, I just worry I'm being a good dad. And he looked at me and went, are you good enough? And I was yeah. like, oh, I think we go to the same therapist. Fucker, really? Are you yeah. good enough? That's kind of like be three out of four, isn't it? <laughs> I, would, yeah. I think I'd like get a little like mad at a therapist if he kind of came at me like that dude my, it's a little condescending isn't my, oh, mine like, oh, fuck yeah. you dude comes would, to fight well, you know them. come to my house don't don't they <laughs> mine challenges me a lot she doesn't I, I had to yell at her and be like you need to handle me with kid gloves <laughs> from time to time because you're mean i've i've like yelled at her and stormed out crying and i'm not like a confrontational person but like she just she you know just being like that whole thing of like you're good enough. Uh, Isn't like average good enough? And I'm like, no, I have to be the best. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, you're not. You're never going to be the best. You're not funny. <laughs> I'm like, she's Jeez. told me I'm not funny before. And I was just like, you can't say that. You see, that that's going from therapy to criticism. And you just can't. Yeah. Also, like you're not like doing your material in therapy. Exactly. <laughs> or are you? Uh. I, well, I did after that. I was like, because I also go to like a group therapy. And so she told me an individual. She's like, you're too serious. You're not even funny. Like I have clients in here who are funny. You're not funny. And I was like. Oh, you want to see what's oh, funny? I'll wow. fucking show you. So in group, I was like, killing. And then I realized, like, what am I? I'm wasting my time by like trying to be funny just so I can prove to her. But is that like the Robin Williams thing? Is that shit true? What? what? Like how apparently that guy one-on-one would just talk about world politics and mad, deep, heady kind of shit. And he wouldn't be funny at all. And apparently the second two or three people got in front of him. Just like an audience. Turned into a different guy, like had this like mask and then behind the mask yeah. oh yeah I, I, is that what it's like for you you think maybe yeah like i i think that i'm like a very serious but i think most comedians are like they take things pretty seriously and we're very sensitive and um and so i think her point is that i don't like jo- when i make a mistake i'm not like oh i made a mistake i'm like i made a mistake like i take it very yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i'm very intense 
And when I should just be like, oh, slipping on a banana peel, like what comedians do or whatever. But that shit ain't funny anymore. No, it's not. Are we recording? Oh, of course. Yeah, this, totally. this, is, this is happening? This is it's the organic happening. intro we like. We have oh, in the studio really? now. This is. I'm very excited about this. Drama. That's right. I, got, yeah. I just got scared that I cursed again. No, it always fine, happens. Again? I'm what happens? I always curse. Do you ever make, I've never seen you make a mistake. What happens if you make a mistake on stage at like a festival in front of um, like Well, it depends. People? It depends on the vibe. Like back in the day, <laughs> I would get. I would get so fucking pissed at myself because the same thing. I like I demand perfection out of myself, and right. anything less than that, I get mad at. Even though it's like a totally unrealistic expectation, and it kind of takes the fun out of it too. Yeah. So like I've been making a very conscious effort to be like, especially, you know, when you like play a show and you're like, wait, I got like eighty more of these coming up. Like if I fucking flub here, it just it doesn't matter. It just simply doesn't matter. And the only time it matters is actually when you show that you're pissed about it. Most people have no idea it even right. happened. Yeah. But do you do like, the drummer trick of, maybe it's everybody, but the drummer I remember when I would play drums, terrible, that if I fucked up, I would fuck up again in the same spot to make it seem intentional. Oh, uh, I don't do that, but that is a thing. <laughs> well, people probably know your records, though, so that might be harder to do. Yeah. That but was intricate. He, he, he switched the time signature. <laughs> but then you could just be like, yo, I'm jazzy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, like, I'm just going off the cuff. It was the guy, the guy who played drums for Genesis said, if you do it once, it's a mistake. If you do it twice, it's an arrangement. <laughs> oh, wow. And I kind of dig on that. That's cool. That's totally awesome. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, I didn't know you were in I Am Comic. Yeah. I love that documentary. Yeah, it's good. I saw Jordan when I was in college, and I realized that was him. Whoa. And I remember his show on yeah. MTV, and uh, <laughs> kind of crazy full circle. He's doing it. He was on MTV doing the documentary, and yeah. then you're in the documentary, and now on MTV. Do you know that Jordan is the one who coined, uh, the director of this film, this documentary from I Am Comic named Jordan Brady, he was a, a comic back in the 80s, and I guess... 90s mostly but he originated he's the reason and this is so interesting that when we all do porn music we go like like that yeah he like there had to be someone that like pointed out that porn music sounds like and he was the first person to say that on stage and then it like grew from there and i think that's so interesting meme creator yeah and then i read some other thing about another like comedian meme creator was um they traced it back. You know how everyone shits on Nickelback? It's like the thing to do. Right. They traced it back to a promo that ran for Tough Crowd on Comedy Central in like 2003 or something where uh, some comic, I forget which comic, but some some guy made a Nickelback joke and like Jim Florentine or something. And it just ran on Comedy Central all the time during a, for a couple months. And then after that was like the spike in like... Huh. mentions of Nickelback as like a joke. And it's just like, it's weird how things like that... See, I think no that would have happened regardless. Them. Yeah. They were kind of a, uh, like, uh, you know what the, I, the biggest bummer about Nickelback is, and I mean this nicely, is that I interviewed them a long time ago. Couldn't have been cooler. Yeah. Couldn't have been cooler, funnier, like, and then they go out and you play and they had, you know, the fire cannon shoot up. and Embroidered it was, jeans. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then he's like, he's like the Jay-Z of rock in Canada. Like, he's a mogul who has his own, you know, building and helicopters here. Like, he's... Isn't he married to Avril Lavigne? Yeah. Sure is. What is... What are We've met songs? her previous husband, so we'll see. Nickelback no. songs? I yeah. don't know if I can name a Nickelback song. 
I want to say with arms wide I know, open. That's, what I that's, that's creepy. That's creepy. Yeah. What about also, look at this oh. photograph? Which one's that? Uh, that that do it mix. Oh, it's uh, that's Daughtry. Oh man, <laughs> we're, in, yeah. also, we're in the right genre. Scott Stab, Chris Daughtry, delightful dudes. Oh, yeah. I interviewed Scott Stapp once, and all he wanted to do was make fun of Fred Durst. And I was like, well, shit, how can I not jump on that bandwagon? Yeah. Like, That's funny. Yeah, it was great. It is interesting how that happens, though. Like, like, what is the difference between cool and not cool sometimes? It's so arbitrary, and it's this weird cultural phenomenon. And maybe it is, like what you said. Like It's sunglasses. One... Sunglasses make things yeah. cool. Dude, I did an ebook. We're not cool. Oh, yeah. That's or pretentious. Yeah. I, I, I feel like a dick wearing sunglasses because I have long hair. So I yeah, feel like with the cool. two together, I'm like trying to be like this dude or it's something. Fu- it's it's fucking sunny crazy out. how long hair can just <laughs> totally change a person. It's like a if you had changer. short hair. <laughs> Total I would feel changer. totally different about you. I know. You probably have. He's done it. He shaved his head once, but then you let the beard grow and you had this Amish thing happening. Uh, or jihadist. That's <laughs> yeah. what most people call him. <laughs> That's what the record label said. Yeah. They're like, uh, uh, can we uh, Photoshop this guy? He, he looks like he's in ISIS. That's so funny. It's, so how long have you had long hair? It's gone twice, but every remember everybody with long hair had about a year or two of like shitty awkward emo hair face, mm-hmm. and there's no way to get by. Oh, it. and it's like right it's below base- your ears, and you just got to keep like. It's like before it you can get it behind your ears, and your only choice is to let it flop oh. or single side swipe, which you know where that takes you. Yes, like, Bieber territory, dangerous territory. Yeah, or yeah. you wear a hat. All the time for two years. I mean, yeah. you gotta go How out sometimes. How slow does your hair grow? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Jesus, <laughs> two years. I'd have that hey, in a month. Do you get trimmed? Yeah, I do. I thin it out because the split ends are rough. I mean, I don't notice the splits. Splits <laughs> <laughs> not really. I do notice on a humid day it gets pretty. It's big. true though. If you if yeah. you like comb it over, then people are going to make a lot of assumptions about your music. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is, yeah, exactly. And now people are like, "Oh, that guy. He must love Steely Dan." You know? Do you? I do kind of like Steely Dan. I do. I love Steely Dan. Do you really? See, what is there? Okay, so here's the thing about Steely Dan. Is there like, is there a bridge I have to cross with it? Because like Frank Zappa, I don't listen to because I'm afraid. I'm afraid I will love it and I'll fall down this wormhole and and I'll I'll be trapped forever. I feel the same way about jazz. But Steely Dan, there's something about it. They just go, eh, just, nah, not my thing. I think... For I think there's a nostalgia thing for Steely Dan. I think it takes me back to the back of my parents' station wagon and like my parents a little drunk driving and like <laughs> playing Steely Dan and I just feel it, it. There's like a safetyness to it, even though I was very unsafe at the time, yes. not knowing it. But like in just the far back like of the station wagon in the flop zone, in the back, in the very back, yeah. making faces at people and just hearing uh, Hey Nineteen and just it just is like relaxing. It just from I think uh, there's more of a nostalgia vibe for me. Thomas Fagan's voice is just like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like it's just. See, I don't like peanut butter with jelly. Maybe that's why. You don't like a... a no, not at all. I mean, Separately, divine. But together, just what? something about it. And I think it's genetic because my mom you... hates them too. Oh. See? That's odd. Isn't it weird? Genetic. Just to illustrate this story though, you find the image of your parents driving drunk with you in the back of a station wagon listening to Steely Dan as the equivalent to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. That's kind of awesome as far as yeah. like your inherent levels of purity. Yeah. Must have went away a really long time ago. 
<laughs> if that's like the benchmark for purity, like I went to get like ice cream cones and shit, like you know, like it's yeah. pretty normal. I don't think they were drunk. If they were, it was like on the DL. Right. Where was the station wagon? What state was this in? This is in Missouri and Ohio. Oh, oh man. yes, of course. It makes yeah. it it's even worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I look back and I'm like, oh, my parents definitely drove drunk with us. <laughs> like we would go to parties, and I know how my parents drank. Like you do, you add it up later on in life, and you're like, oh, they were. They put us in harm's way a lot, but like it was, it was a different time. Even the eighties were the late eighties were a different time than today. Like drunk driving with your kids. I'm I not love where this like, is going. Wasted driving, but like yeah, my mom got a DUI when I was a child, and Bus my dad driving. just said when we were taking her to classes. I remember. <laughs> they they were just like, what'd you say? It was just laughing. Like, buzz driving. There's a buzz, a buzz, buzz driving, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I just remember, I always had this faint memory of my mom going to night school at some point. Like, my dad was like, she's going to night school. And I was just like, go mom. And I kind of forgot about it until years later, it just popped into my head. I was like, mom, when didn't you go to, she's never worked or like had a degree in any, like, I'm like, did you go to night school? And she's like, oh, I had a DUI. <laughs> So that was that was weird. <laughs> so she was doing that to get the points off the license. Yeah, yeah. Now, how long were you in Missouri? Whole life? And then... But she had me, which was twenty five. I just can't comprehend that. Oh, like, yeah. I would have been getting DUIs if I had a kid when I was twenty five. Dude, I, I've yelled at I've yelled at my parents. I like told my mom like you had no business having me at twenty three. Like, what were you Crazy. thinking? But like we were talking, we talked about this yeah. with with uh, Mr. Bear's parents, like who got married at twenty seven, which I think is great for like I hate saying for that time period because I strongly yeah, it's believe pretty that, late for well I just I, when people say like time period, like the biggest difference between like people is you know digital recording, you know what I mean? People have been douchey and nice forever, but yeah. like in the seventies, like to wait that long to get married does it seems long. Where my parents were, I said this earlier, chastised for not having kids by twenty one in the South. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, what are you waiting for? Like, you'll be dead soon. <laughs> like, we you need to it's figure like it we out. We can't even drink yet. How are we supposed to have sex? Yeah. No, yeah. they could. No, they could drink. It didn't. Oh yeah. No, I'm old enough to remember when I got grandfathered to 21. <laughs> like, right. I remember oh, when that wow. shifted because there were some kids in my high school who were very upset about. Oh that. my god, to be in that generation where you're like on the cusp of it, and then they push it. What yeah. year did that change? Three years. Eighty in Virginia. It was. 86, 87. Wow, yeah, that's a lot later than I thought. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I could be wrong. There could be people in Virginia listening going, no, Tool. Um, but I get that a lot anyway. Yeah. But They're just yeah. saying that anyway. They, they don't know what podcasts are yet. Please. Yeah, they don't know that in Virginia. <laughs> but yeah. So I guess in Missouri, it must have been 16. Yeah. They're just driving, probably, cruising. Yeah. So now were you the oldest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How many? How many? Uh, just one other sister. Okay. She's a Spanish teacher at my old high school ah, right now. Okay. Doing... The, Doing the Lord's work? Yeah, doing the Lord's work. Well done. Yeah. Wait, at your old high school? Yeah. Wow, so she didn't make it out. She did make it out. She went to Spain and studied, like, she, but she's married now and um, back at, it's like her dream job. Like, it's, in yeah. our school was great and I love, if I didn't do comedy and, like, do this and have to live either in New York or L.A., I would be in St. Louis. I you really figure, what it. job could I be treated just as bad? Yeah, exactly. I'll be a I teacher mean, and just, still and still have to deal with administrative bureaucratic bullshit. I just, I don't <laughs> get doing, I, I mean, I, I taught for a little bit when I was, like, you know, just trying to have some extra income. I I got like a job teaching somehow without a teaching degree or anything. Must have been a private school. It was uh, it was like a, a Korean prep school. 
Yeah. And so it was like Korean American students. And it was so, teaching is so hard. And mm-hmm. I just like was like, I don't care anymore. Like, if you don't want to learn, then I don't care. Well, see, that's that's the best. I wasn't like dangerous mindsing them. No, that's the best <laughs> attitude like, to right. have. I, dude, I taught, uh, I was a sub, but I subbed for four years in LAUSD. And, and out in California where you would have like a day where you'd get called into the local magnet school with these kids bringing their cellos to class. And the next day you were in manual arts on Martin Luther King Boulevard where you walked through a metal detector and kids just were like, what? Yeah, you know? yeah. And that mentality is the best. Like if you want to learn, cool. If you don't want to be here, please go. Because when I was a kid, we didn't say, oh, I'm going to ditch. You just didn't show up. Like it's, you're not being tough to do right. that. Right. What age group were you teaching? I was teaching, um, they were, it was summer school in between eighth and ninth grade. Okay. So they were all like, they were all born and raised in America, but they were all Korean because Koreans their parents were immigrants and so they they don't stop going to school they don't have summer breaks so their parents are like you gotta go back to school and so i just taught them um we were like teaching them how to write five paragraph essays and it's impossible because some kids are just so stupid and some kids are really smart and it's just how do you handle that spectrum and teach everyone all at once it's really a difficult thing i just was well i'm sorry what was was, what grade was it in between eighth and ninth eighth and ninth that is that is rough so they were just full of hormones and some were just, I don't know. It was, and I just wanted to be the cool teacher right away. And so I was too much fun and then they didn't yeah. respect See, me. See, if you remember Dangerous Minds, yeah. she had to be a bitch first. Yeah, yeah. I did was not. Then and then I snapped she, and they were like. And she had to do karate, some martial arts. Yeah. yeah, she. I mean, a bunch of things to get the respect first, Yeah, you know? I just snapped on him one day and was just like, give me your and just like they were all like whoa nikki teacher that's what they called me just <laughs> nikki wh- teacher nikki teacher like that's the, the korean way like you say their first name and then you put the profession afterwards i guess really is how they address people wow carl doctor yeah carl doctor nikki teacher wow and uh yeah i just took all their phones one day and then it was the day before we had an earthquake during class like that hit and it was the only earthquake i've been through but like where was we this? were all freaking out. This is in LA. I lived in okay, LA at the yeah. time. And um, then the next day they were like, everyone has to get their phones back like during class just in case there's another earthquake and they need to like call their parents. And so like my whole... <laughs> because years before cell phones, if there was an earthquake, that would have been tragic. No one would be able to call anybody. Yeah, what would you do? The noise is But all they do is just stare into their laps or their purses to, oh, what's, what's going on in your lap? Like, they you- just... You know what you needed, and I'm not advocating this, and I might have used one at one point in my life, but they have cell phone jammers that you can buy. They're completely illegal. Completely wow. illegal. Wow. The and they, they seem to work. They, they, I've, seen, I've, heard they, <laughs> I've heard they work on trains. When allegedly. Are, when, when allegedly they work like on New Jersey Transit you <gasps> know, or something, and you can then not use them. That seems like And a then the person can make device. a call again, and then you can use it again, and it's really That's a lot of frightening. fun. It's frightening. I feel like you're going to like take down an airplane with it or something. Yeah, absolutely. Accident. Yeah, you probably yeah. could. Yeah. On the same logic, someone could walk into a train car and steal every phone's information if it can do that. Yeah. You know? That's I true. don't like that. Oh, my God. That probably happens. If there's a way to steal something, some hacker has figured it out oh, yeah. and is using it for kicks. Criminals I are always, always a step ahead. Worry about that, but I also like think that no one really cares about getting into my stuff. But then, like, like if I ever take like a sext or some, you know, like a picture and send it to my wait, boyfriend, go back. If I ever take one of those, like I immediately erase it. But then sometimes I'm like, I don't care, and then I just leave it on. But I'm like, and then I'll like maybe lose my phone or like think I lost it and freak out. 
But my rule is don't take a picture that you wouldn't want everyone to see. Like mm. when some celebrities have like naked pictures leak out and they're just kind of mediocre where they look just kind of like just morning face or what. I'm like, why would you even put that? If you're going to send a picture, make sure it's something that you would be proud putting yeah, out sure. everywhere. You got to own it. Hire a makeup artist. Send yeah, us that shit. Yeah, you got to exactly. own it. Just, like those Scarlett Johansson ones I didn't see. Like, those are delightful. <laughs> yes, those are really good, but there's some girl, I forget who, but someone had, like, a picture, and I was just like, that is just so bad, girl. Like, why would you even send that to someone in Phones the first place? Phones are ruining this stuff, though. Yeah. Say, I was I was an analog menace back in the day, and I used to find cameras at parties, and I would take Benny, the analog pictures menace. of my balls. <laughs> like, oh, this is like, you know, I, I prided myself in being this rogue ball menace, you know what I mean? And... <laughs> Eventually, word gets around. It's probably Benny's balls on your camera because you know I did it a number of times at that point. And then I got had by a neighbor of mine. She was a girl went to Rutgers. I'd stolen her camera, <laughs> take yeah. a picture of my balls, and she was Maria the Vag. Remember, in those days, if you do that to anyone, they got to go to some like little one hour photo <laughs> little booth somewhere, and, they- and they're the guy who develops their photos is handing it back to him. So they know they just developed a picture of my testicles to give back to you, <laughs> you know, which is, I just used to find so funny. That's so funny. And uh, one of my neighbors was awesome enough to um, put it in an envelope <laughs> and send it to me from next door, postmarked and all, just picture back of my balls, like forget the message on it. It was it was like Sharpie done, some something. Uh, Wish you were here. Well, more of like uh, they're they're not as big as I would have thought oh, or something. Right, right. That Please kinda... tell me the caption was taint nothing. <laughs> Pre captions, baby. Oh shit! This is right. analog. Analog oh, ball menace. <laughs> that's it's my new. If that's not your autobiography, <laughs> it should be my years as an analog, analog ball, ball menace. menace. You don't you don't get that. That's like one of those, you know, like fine lines of, uh, we'll call it like like comedic sexism. You don't see like you wouldn't see. Uh, you know, a girl at a party going, fucking take the camera, yeah. take a nip shot, and like no. have some. No. Because no one wants to see yeah, balls. Yeah, balls are disgusting. Yeah. That's and true. Breasts people ogle over, but everyone yeah. sees a picture of balls and they go, ah. They're but both balls glands. Are just so funny, and the words, are, the word balls is f- hilarious. Yeah. What are what are everyone here's favorite colloquialism for balls? Oh my god, balls or testicles? Like, what's the best? I don't one? think there's any good ones. What about flesh globes? Oh, that's a good one. All right, yeah. thank flesh. you. I'll take that. But you could also turn that around for breast. <laughs> Was this just you know? an excuse for yeah, you to say it. flesh globes? This, question. this whole setup? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. This whole podcast. Maybe. <laughs> this whole, yeah, that's yeah, exactly it. And now the gland portion of um, the show. I got nothing to say left. That's it. <laughs> that, that's your favorite one? That's the only one. I'm done. Flesh I'm done. Globes. I wrote all this down last night, and now I'm, I'm out of stuff already. This sucks. Nikki, so I've seen you twice and both times, and this is not a judgmental thing, but this is like a good thing, I think. Good setup. Yeah. Both times you talked about how weird it is to have sex sober. Yeah. Sort of. Like you do That's stand right. up about it. Yeah. And, then, and it's so weird because that was like something that really resonated with me. Like when I stopped drinking for a while. It is kind of weird, right? It's so weird. It's just, it's a diff, because I had only had sex drunk prior to that. Like that right. was the only way it would happen for me. And it's, it's just having sex with someone for the first time is so hard to like, make that move from being just sitting next to each or like you know like it's just even making a move let's talk about even just like the first move kissing it's like if unless you're a little fucked up that's like a really hard move to make the first time and 
being sober, like you have to actually like the person and have feelings for them as a girl to to have sex with someone. And then sometimes you don't want to have feelings for so. Sometimes you just want to have sex, but you can't unless you have feelings. So then it gets all muddy. I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's it took me a while to be able to do it. A long while. You think that's why your parents were drinking so much? Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I, that's funny you said that. I really do. My mom gets pretty, pretty drunk. And I think it's because, and because she got drunk once and told me like, your dad needs sex. He needs it. And I provide for him. And I was just like, ugh, like, I don't want to hear this. But then I realized like, oh, mom gets pretty drunk and then dad can gets his weekly sex or whatever like I, and i get weekly it. what a great modern relationship yeah they're they're good like wow. I, think, I think once a week is what they do i think that's what she said when she was drunk i kind of like blacked it out but <laughs> she but i but i it was scary to hear because i was like i get that because i would have to get like if i didn't want to have sex i would just like get drunk enough that i would like be able to do it like if i would like Sometimes I would be like interested in a guy and then I'd go out a couple times and I'd be like, oh, I'm not into this guy. But then I'd feel obligated. Like this is (gasps) when I was younger. I know. I know. (laughs) No. I I know. This is like years and years and years and years ago. But like I'd be like. What? Like five? Like five to eight years ago. Yeah. It was it was bad. And so I ended up dating people that I didn't really like because I was like. Or this is what would happen. I would go out with them, get blackout drunk, have sex, then wake up in the morning and be like, oh, what did I do? And then they'd want to have morning sex, but I was sober and I was like, well, I got to do this because then that means I didn't want to do it last. And so then I would have, you know, you have sex in the morning. And you're like, I don't really like Blackout this. like you didn't remember it? Yeah, like it was just like very, like very hazy. Oh, like, you know, you did it, but you just wake up and you're kind of like, where am I? And then you're like, oh, fuck, like that kind of mm. thing. But then I'd be in a relationship with this person because I'm like, I'm not a girl who just sleeps with people she doesn't like. And so then I'm like, keep doing it. And I'm like, oh God, I don't even like this person at all. It's because I got too drunk one night. Yeah. And um, and so that kept happening to me. And so then that's when I was like, I need to not drink anymore. So how did you get through that? You just stopped drinking and then it just became more normal? I did. I quit drinking and then I, um, I hooked up with some exes because that was easy to do because it's already... Right. I've already done it. But like having sex with someone for the first time again took a really long time. Like I had to like be just enamored with them and like have deep feelings, which is scary because How awful. It is. It's terrible. How intimate and opening. And for me, as <laughs> someone who avoids intimacy and like that's probably why I had to drink to be intimate. Like it was it was really it's still a struggle for me to So like, you sober now? Yeah. Oh cool. How, how long's that been? Uh two and a half years. Right on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. How'd you do it? I um I had a really bad hangover when I was working in Cleveland and Cleveland will do it to anybody. Yeah, right. And uh I just <laughs> I almost missed the show the night after because uh, like my hangover went into the night and I like couldn't function. <sighs> and I just I remember saying to myself, like, I feel like I'm dying. Like this is the worst I've ever felt in my life and I did this to myself and I don't want to feel this way again until I am dying like this because it keeps happening. And even then, no. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like this is like the end for me and yet it it is like, and if I keep drinking, I'm going to inevitably feel like this again and it's the worst feeling. So I was just like, it's time. And I knew it was time because I had this, I quit smoking reading this book called The Alan Carr Method, uh, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking and- Stop buying them? 
yeah, that's that's one way. But his method just like worked for me to stop smoking. And I gave it to my mom and she stopped smoking with the book. And I gave it to a bunch of friends and they stopped smoking. So it worked. I heard about it on The Tonight Show. Like Ashton Kutcher was talking about it. And then Ellen also endorsed it. So I was like, I'll try this book. Quit smoking. <laughs> then two years later, I was like, I want to quit drinking. And I like was like, does he have a book for that? And he had a book for drinking. And so I was like... I'll buy this just so when I want to, I can read it and be done. And so I got home from Cleveland and I just tore through that book. And then when you're done with the book, you just don't want to drink it. What's anymore. the vibe of these books that's, that wants to... The vibe of the book is pretty much that it eliminates any reason for you to drink or smoke. Like like any excuse you have or is like, but it relaxes me or it makes me more fun. It goes like, no, it doesn't relax you. It makes you stupid. And it doesn't make you have more fun. You're not really having fun. It's fake fun. And so any ex- it eliminates any excuse you would have to do that thing. And so then when you're out of reasons to do it, you're just like, I, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. Is Alan Carr a pseudonym for Ian Mackay? Who's that? So, yeah. <laughs> Inside punk rock joke. Uh, the guy who created, made up the term straight edge, and that was their whole, oh. that was their whole mentality mm-hmm. of it all. Um, see, also sometimes uh, very evangelical people. But... Oh, that's just me saying that. <laughs> but that's crazy. So the book, so 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 no 12-steppers, no meetings, nothing like that. No, no. And it's been really, I mean, it truly is like the easy way. Like I, I have not struggled with it at all. And I used to drink every single night for yeah. many, many years. It was, it was my identity. It was all my friends. Bars mm-hmm. were where I hung out. And I really don't, I haven't been to a bar. I can't remember the last time I went to a bar. And that's, it's crazy for me. And I work in comedy, like yeah. free drinks everywhere. And it just really wasn't, I'm a lot less like outgoing. I don't go out as much. I don't socialize as much, but the social interactions I was having, I don't think were really that meaningful. Yeah. And I didn't, I blacked out very easily. So, or like Ugh, grayed out, you I know, did, like where I, you just kind of piecing together things. And I would retell stories that I'd already told. It was just getting embarrassing. Yeah. I, to bond with you on that, yeah. I, spent that period i didn't drink in college at all oh, didn't okay. do anything and then wow. i moved to california and i was like what's all this stuff this is amazing yeah. and there's different varieties of things i can try yeah and i went to a bar um oh i get it you see what i'm saying yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I went to this bar and uh they were like hey man what's up axel and i went the fuck are you talking about and they oh, said man. what you don't and my friend behind me was like this like waving his hand understand like good shut up to the bartender shut up and i was like what the fuck's going on and i went what happened it's like was were we here last night he went yeah and i went yeah you kind of stood on that bar stool and serenaded the room with paradise city oh my god <laughs> and i went okay that's kind of awesome but i don't remember it and he said then what happened he said you crawled up on the bar and fell asleep and we had to carry you out of here and I went, <laughs> all right then fair enough cool yeah. That's... Awesome. Nice, Axel. A few more years of that, and I'll, I'll chill out on drinking. <laughs> I always yeah. saw you as an Axel every time I saw you. Anyway. Every single time. Well, you know, but my more art... Axel Foley than Axel Rose. Mm-hmm, completely. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about Detroit. <laughs> Have you guys ever played with Guns N' Roses? <laughs> no. We played with Duff McKagan's, what's it called? Overload or something oh, yeah. like that. We, we played with that. Good fun, actually. Yeah. What hey, band play... are you in? I'm sorry. I don't know this. Oh, it's called the Gaslight Anthem. Oh, my God. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. But and that dude was awesome. He's a total ripper. We were on some weird Duff's tour in Australia cool. with him. And he just plays like 75% covers like with his friends. Dude, tours his, Australia, like plays like three originals. And, like, his book is so awesome. You've done that. Is, I gotta read yeah, that. It's yeah, it's the best Guns N' Roses biography for sure. I grave really? that dude. 
He was. And he was totally, like, around, too. I thought, like, those dudes would be, like, you know, off on their own and, like, in their own little, like, you know, this is the Guns N' Roses wing of the backstage or something. Because he fell really yeah. hard and then did, like, the whole... He got strength sober, through discipline, got into sobriety. Like, yeah. tried to get Scott Wine. Oh, is that why he yeah. was fucking yeah, yeah. jacked? He was really puffy and disgusting, and then he like turned his life around. Yeah, sometimes they go the other way, where they're just like get you just get addicted to something else. Like, oh yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, you, you just get yeah, you do. You just throw it into something. Got to replace it. I've seen so many people get jacked up after drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a lot. And, and you gotta you gotta be addicted to something new, you know. It's part of your personality. It's yeah. part of your. I should say not your personality. It's like your genetic makeup. It's like I need to go all into something. Yeah, if you're already addictive and you already get caught up into that stuff, because like, you don't strike yeah. me as an addictive person. Oh, you think? big time. Really? So yeah. what? So did did you have? What did you supplement? I got into pot, and then I quit that two years ago, and now it's just like exercising and then eating a lot. Oh, nice. So just balancing those out, like eating like well healthy balanced diet type stuff yeah like but i i'm a big like glutton for frozen yogurt like i can go like mm. three times a day on a bad day like i can i get out of control with eating do you go sometimes. custard or do you stick no, to like straight the up yogurt froyo like do with you, tons of sprinkles do you do a lot of toppings just sprinkles, just sprinkles. and coconut like i i'm very particular about where i go but i like i can tear up some 16 handles what I've been to, like, multiple locations you just so I wouldn't like, be embarrassed to go back to the same one in one 16 day. 16 Handles was a game changer in the frozen yoga world. Oh, it's... I remember when that opened in the East Village and was like, what? what is... I, oh, yeah, what? we went there with Jonah Matranga. Yeah, oh, we did go there with there. Jonah so Matranga. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, like, candy <laughs> is my, like, thing now. But then really? what else? I think, like, even... I'm not like even sex sometimes can be like, if I'm in a relationship, I'm just like, I just want to do this all the time. Like, like anything that just makes you feel something other than your real feeling it's so mm-hmm. nice to hear someone say that yeah what I just want to do this all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> how did you uh become friends with amy schumer um we uh back in the days of myspace i was living in la and i was looking on like i don't know just browsing around and i saw her profile and i was like who's this bitch with a microphone like doing what i do and then i watched a clip of hers and i was like I need to be friends with this person. So I just wrote her and I was like, hey, I love what you do. We should be friends. And she was like, I love what you do. Let's be friends. And so we had one mutual friend in common. So like who kind of vouched for both of us. And then we became friends via online. And then in 2007, we went to the Montreal Comedy Festival and like met for the first time. And it was like, love it first. And this was on MySpace. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's like, now that that's nostalgic, it's like cuter. For some I know reason. it's not like embarrassed. <laughs> it's true. Like it used to be like, oh, I met him on MySpace. You remember when like, oh, I, I met him on MySpace? That's so true. It's like it's it's come full circle. Yeah, around. it's gone. Yeah, it's come around. Remember my CompuServe account? Those were the days. God, <laughs> MySpace. You think back, and I go, oh my god, there was a day when it was like. I checked my messages and then that used to be a big deal if you had like new messages oh, on MySpace. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know that feeling when it was like that? It was like bolder or something. Yeah. I forget the way it looked, but it was like new. And then there was just one day where you checked it and you go, this is the last day I'm doing this. Like, we all had a last day. <laughs> I did. Isn't that I, weird? I like, worked for MySpace. Like, towards the oh. end, I was, like, a writer for them, but I wrote for their blog every day. Wow. And then they, but it was sort of when it was becoming, like, when Facebook Dude, was we kind both, of taking we over. we both worked for MySpace. We both did. <laughs> but, wow. uh, this was pre-Timberlake? 
pre-Timberlake. Yeah. Mm. Way, yeah. And uh, I remember they did something where they added a bunch of friends to my account. So one day I had like 270,000 friends and I had all these messages that were like, hey, Jonah, what's up? And I, some of them I think were real. And now still on Facebook, I get people like, we were friends on MySpace. Like, can you add me here? And I'm like, no, I didn't add you then. It was like weird. some weird, like, you know, yeah. so crazy. So was it like the company being, was that almost like a company bonus? I, like, like I don't like, know how it happened or why. Like stock or maybe they sharing. just found like, you from the blog. Stocks maybe. people. Yeah, we'll, but we we'll got, give you 200,000 people met. at the end of the year. <laughs> Thank and you. When you know, Job well done. And do you remember when it was a big deal for bands to be on the cover of MySpace? Oh, like yeah. the front page. Oh, yeah. My band was on it, United Nations, and we got a cease and desist from the United Nations, and they pulled down our page. I remember we were so upset because we had like a million plays and stuff, right. and they were like, like, dude, we got a letter from the government. Like, I bet can't. Jeff will love the controversy, though, didn't he? Oh, he was stoked. We liked it, but like, we did, our publicist quit because he was like so freaked really? out. He was, we were like, "This is great press," and he's like, "I'm done. I'm out." And oh so, like, God. did he think he was going to go on like a watch list? or I something? I think he thought, yeah, I think he thought they're going to come after him. There's all we didn't know it was going to happen, and then nothing happened. And then for our new record, we wrapped all those season dis- all the cassettes in the cease and desist orders, right? Because now they're like from 2007. It's like no one. Yeah, I probably, probably shouldn't be talking about it all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> you didn't change the name of the band. It's we fine. didn't change the name of the band. But yeah, it was a, being on the cover of MySpace was like the biggest thing you could do oh, in yeah. music. Like, I'm sure in comedy, in too. In comedy, too. Yeah, I remember like the comedy <laughs> MySpace page. It was a big deal if you're on the front page. Remember, it's so weird that we can talk about MySpace like this. Like, yeah, back in the day. Weird. But it... It used to like I used to check it so much. Yeah. It like wait, maybe the difference is this now. My MySpace no one ever had on their phones, right? Oh. I guess yeah. That's and true. now that's and just now, kind of pre iPhone. Like you needed like a computer for MySpace. Yeah. Maybe that's why it feels so archaic. There was never a MySpace app that's like, that you so just logged true. into. So now it's like. It's like the old school. That's it's really like interesting. MySpace is to Facebook what the Makeout Club was to MySpace. Now. Yeah, what's or a Friendster? Club? That was like Makeout Club. Oh, yeah, was, or Friendster was like real early social networking. Like kind of like was it? Never like, heard of it. Yeah, it was a little more like rock and rollish. Yeah, it was I kind guess of like, like punk, like subculture. I could never get anyone to respond to me. Oh, uh, I if I like New Brunswick kids were like. Dude, make out club. <laughs> no good. Like, they were, like, way too, like, meh, kind of for that. So I was never, I never did it. Yeah. But and I did do the MySpace. Friendster. Did friendster. you guys do that? Yes. Oh, I, had I never friendster. did that. Yeah, I had I a Friendster. friendster. Okay. I, don't I skipped it. Facebook, and now, now I don't know anything that happens. You didn't ever. do Facebook? I still don't. I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, you forgot my birthday. I'm like, you know what? Everyone forgot your birthday. I'm over Facebook. They just went on their fucking computer yeah. this morning. Yeah, it's funny if you talk to to kids. Like I have some nieces who are like starting high school, and yeah. you ask them about Facebook, they go, "Oh, do that's for old people." Yeah, yeah. So I what mean, do they do? Instagram, uh, Instagram, Keek. Uh, what is that? I don't know. Something yeah, that. Keek, I just oh, read about I've this seen week. that. Yeah. That's like, oh, this is my phone number, email, and my. I thought it was Keek. Keek. Yeah, was Keek. and then um, and Twitter. Yeah. I think they're I into love Twitter. Twitter. I do too. My it's favorite. just like small little doses of and Vine. Kids love Vine. Mm, yeah, there's like Vine celebrities that I think is hilarious. Huge celebrities. Yeah. Uh, like, I lost my shit on the street the other day because of a new internetism. I was walking by some kind of like to give you guys an illustration. I'd say like <laughs> late twenties, Staten Island, like probably. Like a clerk at a vet's office from Staten Island. Mm-hmm. Does that does this illustrate it? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's very specific. Okay. As in veterinarian, not as in VA. 
Uh, yeah, veterinarian. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, she probably, I think she wears scrubs mm-hmm. sometimes. Wear scrubs. Okay to have a neck tattoo. Not a big deal. It's a, it's a dog. Exactly. But I heard this woman, she's like, oh my God. And then you were so drunk, you were tindering with a 25-year-old. That's what she was saying to her friend on the phone. And I loved the uh, tindering, tindering as, a, as a, like an adjective. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I tried to think in my head like the well way played, you could teacher. do it in different contexts, mm-hmm. you know, different ways to tinder. You got tindered. Like, yeah, you got tindered. Mm-hmm. You're a big you're a big piece of tinder. Totally tindered last night. Yeah, totally tindered. Tindered the shit out of me last yeah, night. There, you're on it. Yeah. Swiping left and right. I mean, these are all just things people say now. And that's going to seem like so dated someday. Like you use Tinder like really? I'm, I'm fucking Remember petrified. Tinder? Yeah. You guys do Tinder? Like it's going to sa- yeah, what is n- it's just crazy though to think like anything can get more immediate or just uh just small bite. Like they're less than 140 characters. I mean that's just not going to happen. I think it's going to be less of that no, and is. more of it like just being integrated into your body. Yeah. Like it's going to be like in Definitely. your brain. It's going to be a like, trait, man. Gonna, you're going to be like I pulled out this thing and press buttons like that's crazy. Here's yeah. what gets me you're about the whole You're going to think about Google and some fucking sure. glass you're wearing is going to bring you to Google. Yeah. Like so, that is going to happen. So sure. fo- so phones have like taken over the watch industry because no one wears a watch anymore, right? But why didn't it go the other way? Why didn't it go to like the magic watch? I think, it, the, I think it is going there. It's going yeah. there. Because that's yeah. what it's I next. fucking want. And yeah. soon that watch is going to be inside of your fucking wrist yeah, totally. when you're born. Yeah. And, uh, and then guys like us hopefully will be warming our hands over a barrel of fire instead well, this of fucking like putting what, that in our kids. Me, <laughs> me and Benny were texting like the other day and we were talking about like having kids and stuff and he's like, you know, he's like, you want people to grow old with. I was like, I'm going to be like on psychedelics in this virtual reality. Like it's going to be <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome. Like yeah. 50 years. Like Grandpa's on Oculus Rift again. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's so nostalgic. Yeah. No, totally. Like I'm, I'll be good. I think about that every damn day where, where we with, uh, I have twin three-year-olds and Wow. And they, uh, yeah, I know it's terrible. <laughs> um, they're awesome, but together, God, what a, they're monsters. But they, um, like, we weren't going to let them play with the iPads, whatever. Mm-hmm. But out of necessity, to keep up with other small children so they're aware of it. Yeah. If they ask for it, I'm like, go play. And they have little educational games and they're on it. But it's that almost that weird thing of, I don't want them to not look weird when they started preschool. But just to be aware of it because their world is going, that's going to integrate. Yeah. Like, they're not going to carry books you know, not that I did either because I was really tough. Right. No, you just hit him <laughs> out of kids' hands. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was me. Yeah. God bless I it. just had this beautiful image. Like, it's like, let's take us like 50 years from now. You're at some beautiful picnic, family reunion style barbecues. There's like mad kids. My just, cyborg grandchildren grandpa, are running great around. Grandpa, blah, blah, blah. And then Jonah shows up. Like this long ass beard <laughs> down to like here, wearing like wearing like Dude. eyewear, where like he has to like open up out of his virtual reality mm-hmm. to like come. It's like I haven't had a hot dog in twenty years. <laughs> like, this is how I just imagine you guys going I, on your separate forks. I'm sorry, I, I just met you, so I don't know how you play how into do this. I, Nikki. Where am I? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Where are both of us? You will I be guess, coming off. Are working we invited, on the tonight? Steven? I guess that's the first <laughs> yeah. question. One, you'll be there, definitely. It'll be nice to have you from your gig host in The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. That's lovely. Lovely. If Spe- I get time off. Speaking of which, uh, uh, is Nick, Nick and Sarah's live still happening? No, no, no. no it's been no. gone for almost a year now. Was it fun, though? It was so fun. Yeah, yeah in, it was great. In live TV, the best thing ever? It is. It was uh, because I the first season we did live, live, like... Mm-hmm. 
it was so great just to be done and be like, we're done. Like there's nothing, there's no post to be had. It was great. And then we could all go out and like have fun. But then the second season we did um, live to tape. So it was just, uh, we would just be like, was that good? Like it makes you question. Do it again. Well, yeah, we would. would, Flubbed. But we would do it like live, but then it would just be, there would be like a day before it aired. And we were just like, what? (sighs) Can we fix any? Like, what if, why did we do that? So, um, it was really fun. It was a bummer when it was canceled, but every time, I think anytime you, as soon as we got the show, I was like, what happens when it's canceled? Because every show gets canceled unless you're Seinfeld or mm-hmm. front, like you just, your show's going to get canceled at some point or you're going to get fired or something. So I like was already like playing. It's not a small it. club. It was not, it was not, uh, it was not bad yeah. getting the call that it was canceled. I was just like, huh. I was going through a breakup at the time. So it was kind of just like. Did it felt like a pinch on my arm compared to what the pain I was going through. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I was just like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, I miss him. Like I, it didn't. <laughs> and throughout really all this, you're still gigging around the country, right? During the show, I I took a break because it's just too hard to do stand yeah. up and write a show and star on it. So um, I took some time off, and then as soon as it ended, I like threw myself back into stand up. Right. Yeah. What's like the uh, like the road life? For like a comedian, like how long are you guys out? Are you out for like months at a time? Or like, um, I'm going out for uh two weeks now. Like tomorrow, I'm I leave. Uh, but it's generally shows Thursday at like a club Thursday through Saturday, Sunday, maybe mm. maybe Wednesday through Sunday if it's like a long week. And you have like one show Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday, and then you come home on Monday. But I'm doing two weeks in a row in California, and so like I'm doing. Uh, San Jose this weekend, and then I'm going to go to Denver and hang with some friends, and then I'm going to San Diego uh, the next weekend. So I'll be back on the 8th. So 11 days out. And just, it's, it's being sober, it's a lot different. Because, like, sure. after shows, I used to, like, go out with the staff and, like, have a good time. And now I just, like, get a great meal and, like, go back and eat it in my bed. And then that's, like, my night. And then all throughout the day, I just, like, hang out. Like, you know, I don't do anything. The road is really easy. Do you guys fly from city to city? Yeah. You never do, like, like grab a bunch of comedians and get in, like, a Winnebago and do something like I that? I think that's more... Yeah, no, because we're headlining. Like, you don't... Um, you never are working with another headliner that could uh, afford right. to do that or whatever. Like, I have my own opener that I bring, and I'll pay him a little extra to come, to make the journey with me because sometimes they just give you whoever is local in town, which sure. works a lot of the times, but a lot of times as a woman on the road, I just like to have a, a guy with me who I trust, who can kind of be a buffer between any creepy managers or anything yeah, that smart. can just kind of like get him away. And so I bring this kid out on the road with me. And, it's uh, smart and sad you have to fucking do that. Yeah, it kind of sucks. God it's, damn it, that in your attention. It is rough on the road. I, I had a female tour manager for a long time and I... I mean, I had to watch her go to extra lengths to be taken seriously and to get what she wanted that, yeah. that a man just simply does not have to. Yeah. I mean, I watched it happen. Like, it's it's real, you know? And Definitely. if you don't want to be bothered backstage before a show by other comics, like, a lot of the local comics will come and treat your green room like they're, like, party room. And just, it's just a big fun fest because, you know... The guy last week was cool and let us all hang out. And then I just kind of want to be alone before the show. And you're like, yo, homie, you know I paid for them pretzels, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, they, and they treat it like a clubhouse. And then if you say, hey, guys, can I be alone? Like, you're, you can be pegged a bitch real quickly. Sure. Like a diva. 
But if you're a guy doing that, you're just like a professional. Right. It's but like it's, the it's, Hillary Clinton syndrome. It is. Like she is like the awesomest in so many things, but she's just like serious, right? Yeah. And because so she's, she's a bitch. She's a serious Ugh. woman. She deals with like things that no one in this room could even begin to understand what she deals with. Yeah. You're not going to have like a jovial maternal quality anymore. She's hardened. She's like a badass. It's a really, yeah. But, but it's true. Like the way she speaks, half the men are like, yeah, she's a bitch. And I- if they saw a man uh. do it, they'd be like, wow. That's, that's what a hard ass. That's somebody I can get behind because he really states exactly. his opinion and, and that. Yeah. So I have to be like, I like to meditate before my like I have to like smooth it over yeah. so that I'm not like, you know, branded in town as like this. Oh, Glazer came through and she's like what fucking a cunt. And um and I've seen, but Amy Schumer is like a model for how to handle yourself on the road as a woman. Like she's just doesn't apologize for how she like. I remember hearing a story of some guy coming back and calling her like, okay, let me know what you want, sweetie. Anything you want, honey. And he called her honey or sweetie. And she goes, don't call me that. You're not allowed to call me honey. Like, it's it's a weird thing. to. It's, and he was just like, he apologized so much. And sure. she's just like, just no, it's not a problem. Just don't call me honey. Whereas I'd be like, okay, thank you. Like, I would just let <laughs> someone like kind of diminish me in that way. Or she just like, <sighs> or she'll just be like, I please leave me alone right now. Like, just... And a lot of people do say she's a bitch. Like, I've had people who know that I'm friends with her are always like, she hates me. She's, like, really mean. And I'm like, actually, she's the nicest person in the world. She, You just, ha- she has boundaries. Yeah. And that's And, and why would difference. you think she hated you? You're not buddies. Exactly. You know what people I mean? People just think you are owed He's something. He's a dick. Once my birthday. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy last week was like, I was such a huge fan of hers, but then she was, like, rude to me, and I can't even watch her anymore. And I'm like, those have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's and you're owed something. If if I like you as a performer, then you should be nice to me. And if you're not, then well, then fuck you. It's, it's People like, forget about that line, don't uh, they? Like, like there is, I do, I do feel like there's a responsibility to be respectful to people. Yeah, you know what I mean. You treat them with a level of respect. Yeah. you take enough time to at least turn them down with an explanation or something like that. But the idea that like somebody can be like on point twenty four hours a day is like not real no like you might catch somebody literally might got on a call 20 minutes before that their dog died at home you know what i mean or like they're having like family troubles and they're then fucking, you encounter a waitress you know, who's like that guy isn't fucking he's exactly. a dick and then everyone they tell and then those people that tell those people and oh, then yeah. suddenly yeah we all know celebrities that are notorious dicks but like maybe they're just caught on a bad day a couple yeah. times and the people close to them probably think they're wonderful people yeah and they just Take the time for them. Are we talking about Danzig? <laughs> Danzig? I hear he is a dick. I got I got some dirt from uh, you know Vintage Vinyl. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's this huge record store in the middle of New Jersey. Like it's awesome. A, it's there's a, one in St. Louis too. It's a record mall. Vinyl. Okay, almost yeah. at this point, and they've been doing shows there for a million years. And mm-hmm. I asked the owner, who's a super cool guy, old ripper rock guy, and I'm like, who? Like I'm looking at all these pictures of people who perform there. I'm like, who's the biggest? who's ever come through here i'm like give me the scoop you know and he's like without any hesitation he's like ace freely really hands down i just did a radio show with him last week (laughs) what was the vibe is he really he was nice oh man see maybe he caught him on a bad day he's like he just seems like he's like out of it kind of i heard well i mean i'm gonna illustrate with this but i'm putting my thumb to my mouth i think he's sober now turning into Um, a chicken 
<laughs> oh, I get it. Okay, uh, a kazoo. But apparently, <laughs> apparently, he came up. He's like, "Oh, Ace, like, welcome to 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 vintage vinyl." And he's like, "I gotta take a piss," and pushed him to nearly like knocking him down. Wow. I guess. But he's he could a guy have been that's very set in his ways. I can tell that like he's just been doing it so long. He's just like tired. He just knows what he wants to do and he does it, I think. Yeah. He thought I was Naomi Watts <laughs> the entire interview. <laughs> he really did. He Please was like, tell me you kept you went with that. She's like, well, me, me and Liv, me and Liv, yeah. you know, we talk a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, he's a delight. Liv is so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even have to change the fucking accent. Liv. He wouldn't know. <laughs> he really, like, they introduced, because I was on Opie and uh, Jim or whatever it is now. Oh, yeah, there's and some new dude now, huh? He, well, Jim well, Norton. No, Jim Norton's always been there. But oh, they just but now of, it's like his. Yeah. yeah. And, you give um, it a few years and they'll they'll fire the racist. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, I saw it. I mean, he, he gave nobody any choice. Oh man, that was you. You give the gun-toting racist a few years. Yeah, <laughs> a few Never years, met the nineteen dude. years or whatever he was on. <laughs> yeah. So you met him on that show? Yeah, and he came. In, I didn't. I didn't know who he was until he came on, and then immediately I was like, that you know the, what they were talking about. I put it together like, oh, he's in Kiss or was in Kiss. Like that isn't anymore, right? No. Uh, the one no, he's not in because they were just talking about him performing at the Rock and Roll Hall it's of Tommy, Fame. It's Tommy Thayer. He it's didn't the, get to perform with. It's them. the guy from the Kiss cover band who's now playing him. Oh, is that right? And he's licensed because they bought back the the makeup years ago. Because no Gene Simmons is is a businessman. Yeah, he was <laughs> talking some shit on Gene. It was interesting. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not hard to find, is it? No, that's pretty easy. But he, he said that Paul is running the show. Gene he, does whatever Paul says. Always. Oh, always. Really? Always. Yeah. Paul's the man. Like, Gene will be, like, wanting to take pictures, and Paul's like, come on, Gene. And Gene's like, bye. And, like, that's all Gene wants to do is do press. Like, he'll get, he said they would get to a venue, like, hours early to do press and take pictures. Mm-hmm. Just, he just loves But then the flip the side of Gene Simmons is he's, like, a political correspondent for Israel. Like, he's, like, this, this really, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah, but of course, old rich white guy is all fucking conservative. He's shitty about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. just came out about depression. I think. Oh my god, like, he got a lot of shit insane. about that. Ish. Because he's the original straight edge. You know what I mean? He's like, I don't understand. He's like, te- he's basically he's Ted Nugent. Oh, yeah, with makeup. Right. he is. Yeah. He is. He is like, yeah, he's some version of the Nuge. Mm-hmm. And and I hate hearing guys like that talk about shit like that because I'm like, yo. I know you might have been part of the world a long time ago, but you haven't in a long fucking time. And your commentary means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're as tucked away from all of this shit as, like, the guy who is the uh, executive vice president of fucking J.P. Morgan. Like, you are the same. You guys both probably shop at the same places. Right. Both hang out in the same places. Mm-hmm. You, you haven't be in a this, car. You, yeah. In... You don't cook your food. You haven't gone shopping in fucking 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, ask Gene Simmons how much a fucking box of cereal costs. You know? That's probably, a great... Probably be like, um, I don't experiment. know. 14? You want to hear something interesting about Gene Simmons? When you 14 call... 14 what? Like, just 14? <laughs> what do we even use? When you, when, you call, when you call Gene Simmons, like, his office, you get Gene Simmons. You do? Yeah. He, he doesn't use... He's, like, notorious for never using a secretary. You get him. Well, like, let's see how close he keeps his ear to the grindstone. Hmm? Do you have his number? I wow. know someone He might does. come yeah. after me now. <laughs> yeah, what if he's a big podcast... <laughs> Enthusiast. I that's a beef I'll take on. <laughs> okay. It is. I'd be willing to take Gene, on. Gene, that's beef. an invite. Gene, you, you want to know yeah. what you think a box of you're cereal around. costs. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're not the only big Jew with a big mouth around here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go helmet to helmet. I really feel like he's listening this. right now. You might be. This is for him. 
right now. I enjoyed the well, you first two seasons of your reality show. Yeah, we'll totally back. I know some folks who work on that too. Uh, yeah, his son does seem cool. And I his daughter, hang I, like, out with him. I like his whole family. Yeah. Son's I love a comic that show. head, too. Huh? Son's a big comic head. I think he wrote or drew a comic. I oh, really? I'm not sure. Yeah, super time nerd. Um, Sarah, back to you. So, is it so the show's. Nikki. Oh my God! Did I say Nikki? You, you said, said Sarah. Sarah. I did say Sarah, right? Okay. I, thought, I thought you were making like a joke about Naomi Watts or something. Oh my God! I oh, wish I funny. was. Forget. Uh, forgive me, please. Please, forgive me. I could care less. I couldn't care less. God. All right, honey. It's I'm Naomi sorry. Watts' is middle name. <laughs> How? Uh, I made a really subtle joke there. Nobody heard it. I went. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> oh, the yes! callback! That's so good. What, how do you sort of? I know this is a kind of annoying question, but I'm just curious for you. Like, how do you deal with hecklers and that kind of stuff when you're on the road? Like, do you? Because I feel like sometimes it's easier to ignore it, but then it, sometimes you can't ignore it. And why do you have to? Because people, why are you dicks? I'm sorry. Yeah. It's and why do people of do it? Alcohol. Yeah. It's just like pe- girls wanting attention is why girls do it, mm. and then guys just being creeps, um, or just. But I generally don't get a lot of heckling. I think. Uh, I don't know, but when it has happened, it's it's mainly what I have to call out is just like table talk. That is just some drunk woman ordering a drink or like talking to her friends and she just doesn't know that she's that loud. And I just go, excuse me, excuse me. And I just like wait inside. Like it's almost like a teacher. Like, you know, when the teacher would get quiet and just the class would suddenly get quiet and just be like, oh, shit. So I wait. I do that. And then um, or I'd friendly friendly say like can you shut the fuck up like so that you know like (laughs) be nice because i'm um i'm not good at like dealing with women and if uh, or like generally uh, heckling women are like hot women like girls who have never been told no who just have the world handed to them and just think that they're like they like talk like this and they're just like hot and stupid and or i'll have like a girl go like Ew. Like, because I say some stuff that could be a little gross uh. to some, like, prissy bitches who <laughs> are only saying ooh because they relate to what I'm saying and it makes them feel bad. Like, <laughs> right, they right, right. they get it too much. And so she'll be like, ew. And I'm just like, oh, really? Ew. Like, I want to say that, but instead I'm like, I know I'm gross. Like, <laughs> it reminds me of, like, high school a lot. It's this uh. dynamic of, like, I've called a girl a cunt once because she said I wasn't funny and she was just being, obviously, a cunt. And it felt... Great, and then it felt terrible. So I feel like attacking them never makes me feel good. I- I'd rather just like be like, "Please, can you stop? You're going to get thrown out." I kind of like appeal to that side of them. Like, let's not embarrass you right now. Um, but then, dudes, I've I've thrown out a couple guys before, just being like, one guy I had heckling me was in the front row, and no one else could hear him, but he was like, "Oh yeah, keep saying that. Yeah, talk about that. Talk about your tits again." Like just under his breath, saying that, and I could hear him clearly. But no one else. So I would just be like, you just shut up. Like I would snap at him and people would be like, what is And I go, you guys don't hear it. But he's saying some disgusting things under his breath. And I go, you're leaving. I'm not continuing until this guy leaves. And he like walked out and everyone was kind of mad at me because I seemed to be snapping on someone who did nothing. (laughs) But he was just saying he was he was so creepy. It was really weird. Who do you call on to do that? I've just wondered this in comedy clubs. I mean, is there security there? Is it like at a club where you like grab the bouncer? Yeah, there's generally like a guy in the back with his arms crossed waiting for something to happen but then a lot of times he's on his phone or he's bo- like he just they just don't s- snap to it he i was at a casino a last week and they said the um what'd you say said he must have gone to a korean prep school <laughs> exactly good callback <laughs> so last week i was at a club and they were like if there's a problem just say this girl needs a pepsi because we don't serve pepsi so we'll be like pepsi 
What's that? And I'm like, I'm not gonna say. I'm just gonna say throw this bitch out. Yeah, that's like weird. Would that? That's like giving you a duck whistle and being like, it's so weird. Shoot this. This rape whistle will attract hunters. There's a sign in the back like, say the person that table needs a Pepsi, and it's like that's so weird and like. It will make me look insane. Yeah. It won't give me any power. And then they'll be like, why did this person order a Pepsi? And then some guy came and took them away. Exactly. (laughs) And why did you want to get a table of drink who was giving you a hard time? Right. Like, it was just a very confusing You could make the whole room get a Pepsi. They could be escorted. You still get your guarantee. Show's over. Oh, my God. That would be You know what I'm saying? That is true, though. You're kind of on your own up there, right? Like, like if somebody's doing that, it's kind of... Who do you think is like in the comic world is the best person who deals with that. Cause I've seen like Amy. Yeah. Again. She's good. Really? She just doesn't, she's just a sassy broad who just is strong and knows what she wants. And like, if she'll give people warnings, like if you do it again, you have to leave. Right. And then she says out, get out. Like I've learned that from her. Like once you decide it's, you're not continuing until they're out. And she'll, she's just very quick to, like, she's not scared of destroying someone. Right. Whereas I'm scared of, like, saying something mean and they'll be like, well, you're not funny and your outfit's dumb. And I'll be like, no! But she's not scared <laughs> of that retaliation. She's, like, a really good... Uh, Why do you have to even deal with that? And I don't understand it because, I mean, obviously playing shows, there's care. tools and there's not a lot you can do for, you know, idiots in the, in the crowd. But at a movie theater, we've all paid to go in there. And and my wife refuses to go to movies with me because I get into fights by yelling at people, shut the fuck up. It's 10. Why is there a baby here? Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. And there's no one to remove them for I am just an audience member, you know. But yeah, at a comedy no club, you're paying to listen. It's crazy. It's it's it, not a requirement. And it seems a to be a lot of clubs are uh, great about it. And other ones just don't. I mean, you're practically working at a restaurant that happens to have comedy like they care about getting food out to people making those, that money uh, and you're just a they don't they don't care yeah and those quality are clubs of the I just, show is almost up to you isn't it it is yeah. and they uh, it's really is they don't they don't even watch your set they don't know if you did well or not they don't yeah. care at all and um just what came through the door and they talk about oh last week we had the, we had the best week and i'm like who is there and they're like i don't know we just like our sales were really great like right. for whatever it's that that's all that matters to them so then you just don't go back to those clubs if you can afford not to which is the goal you know right. to not work those shitty places so you can see why some of those older comics like richard belzer or even don rickles like they travel with an orchestra yeah. like they have their band with them so they got their front of house guy they got all this shit going on yeah. so it's this giant well-oiled machine you're like why is there a band with this comedian you're like no i've I got a posse with me now <laughs> yeah it's i understand rolling with a crew like me just bringing this one dude with me who's like this 26 year old kid i can kind of just like boss around and like He's my friend, but like he he'll do anything I want. He just protects me. And it's just it's very it's so nice to just have someone when the manager, the crazy manager leaves a room, you can like roll your eyes and be like, what the fuck? Because when you're on your own, it's just so it's tough. Comics need tour managers. I never thought about that. Like you should have some like bands have it. Yeah, fancy. Although I, I, ITM, we played with Benny's band, our last show in Asbury, Bottom Feeder, who are awesome. Everyone should check out. But I was TM. Are you drumming or singing? What are you doing? Drumming. Okay. You don't want to see me up front. I do. I really do. <laughs> I was TMing that tour and I did such a pretty bad job. Really? Yeah. It's I hard. Like it I was like hard. get drunk and forget to get paid. But did someone get paid last night? And they'd be like, uh huh. Like, I saw, a lot I of saw stuff you to keep track of. You were running some nut. Like I saw Jonah was in pretty like you were in like pretty serious minded 
business sense yeah. towards that evening. And yeah, the that, tour. that was the last night. Wrapping we had, up some ends. Yeah, but yeah. is that just is that just anti-Semitism? Like I don't understand. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Everything's anti-Semitism. Uh, I, I saw it really I, and sexism. I saw I saw Jonah Guitar Tech Thursday. Yeah, which is has the probably the best story ever. Handed, which I handed, think I think Nikki Sarah you'll enjoy. I handed <laughs> the guitar player in this band Thursday, Steve, uh, my first TMing job, one off, and I handed him. It was a Terminal Five, like huge show. And I handed him <laughs> a guitar, great. and he was like, "This guitar does not have a strap on it." During a show, <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden, he had to go back and get it. And I remember, Wait, who was it? Uh, this band Thursday. Okay. Um, <laughs> But I remember, but I totally remember handing it to him and be like, yeah, because there were all these guitars in different tunings. And yeah. I was like, all right, this is tuned right. It doesn't have a strap on it, but maybe he has one he's going to take off. Right. And he was like, he knew oh, it didn't yeah. have a strap. I knew. He just thought, maybe. Listen, I'm doing my Isn't best. It weird? You go back and you think, like, I should have known. Like, but, yeah. like, you just do this math in your head that you think is right. You're well intentioned. Yeah. But you fucked up, man. I fucked up. I mean, it so happens all the time. It you gotta, does. Gotta yeah. fake it until you make it. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to fuck up. Isn't it weird? Do you ever think about, like, we're all like in our lifetime we have so many embarrassing moments to come before we die like we're all gonna trip really embarrassingly in front of people we don't want to like it's inevitable doesn't that kind of suck to think about oh no i'm actually like i kind of like that in a way you do well i like the idea that i'm gonna live long enough to do a bunch of embarrassing shit yeah in a way you know what i mean because that is like that's part of life yeah you know what i mean it's all a wave and yes. by the way, this isn't guaranteed. I don't know if you're going to live long enough am, to do that. Oh, I, I was going to say, no, you're right. I have no idea. That's, but a, that's a bold I can guarantee statement. that if I do live long enough, I'm going to trip a lot. Yeah. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah. It's and just, if it's, you own it, you know, it's okay. Oh, yeah. I tripped. Be like, yo, look at me. Yeah. Or what could you do to make it better? I can't. I just imagine myself falling down and then busting out into the worm. Right. But I can't do the worm. I don't think. Maybe you just haven't been in the right situation. What if you fell down and then did like beach model pose like right <laughs> after? Would that work? I guess it would depend <laughs> on the surface you've fallen on. <laughs> yeah. Because road rash is a killer. Wait, are we talking Ugh. is this getting metaphorical or are we talking about still literally falling over? I'm doing like, I'm literal. Literal. Okay. literal. Yeah. yeah. I'm still okay. literal. The last time I fell, I like tripped on the sidewalk walking to a show and these people right behind me just like stepped over me like I was just what? some homeless woman. Is that right? And and it it, fe- yeah, they just they literally just they were right behind me. I fell on my on my face like and they kept they just walked around me like I was just in the way. It was and in that moment, did you go, wow, that's cool. They didn't stop to help me as a woman. But also, fuck, I fell. I was more like, fuck, I fell. But also like, good. I didn't have to be like, I'm OK. I'm OK. You know, that whole thing that you do because i was okay but i was still like what the f- ask am me I how i am right now am i dead like yeah. why I mean, can't they see me woman or man you see someone fall and you don't yes. see them laughing within five seconds you should point a little concern it's at it. so weird yeah. <laughs> it, it's like that funny louis i love this one louis ck where he says everybody's in a group and they watch the person fall and before someone helps they all look at each other to see like who's gonna do it who's gonna do it and if nobody does it you gotta go like oh, fuck all right i got it yeah you know what i mean but at least i'm always the last one you should have that good (laughs) sense to do it though yeah you think you're always the last one to help a fallen person yeah because i just i really don't (laughs) handle like trauma well Uh, like i'm very scared of like when visiting people in the hospital like i i'm bad about that like i'm uncomfortable with like compassion yeah (laughs) I mean, 
feel like, yeah, I think empathy and yeah, sure. I am. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I do definitely struggle walking past homeless people, um, like holding my breath. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, but I do like, it, it, really bum, it you, will bum me out. You're afraid I'm, you can breathe in homelessness and catch it. No, but I'm working on being more empathetic, but it is, I like, I'm always the person like, can someone get her? Like, I remember this woman fell and like, we all like kind of went around her and I like was just like pretending to do things. And then I, she was like ready. And I was like, I just like backed away. <laughs> like There was nothing I could do. Like, what was I going to do? But I should have stayed, but I was just like, I got to go. But you have empathy because you still feel bad for the lady, right? Yes. You're sitting there going like, oh, that oh, I'm not, like, sucks. I feel bad. Yes. But yeah. I just feel like. I'm going to make this worse or like, I just can't handle it emotionally. Like to like take on someone's like, it's just too sad. Yeah. I hear you. I got to learn to be better about that. Are you that. ever like really tired and you get in the subway and you sit down and then you're like, I'm not going to see if there's any like pregnant women or kids. Cause I just don't want to get up. So I'm just going to look like somewhere where I they won't be on my radar. That's so interesting. That's yeah. No, I you're catch a myself dick. Doing. Dude, normally I always <laughs> will. But once in a while, if I've like, I don't know if I had some cra- I've done crazy, that. crazy yoga or I'm like didn't sleep or I'm like yes. over. I'll just be like, listen, like 90% of the time I'm good with and this. And if someone taps like, me, I'll get up. Yeah, but yeah. like they're going to have to ask for yeah, it. I'm yeah. not going to just. Yeah, because if I see you, then I know I have yeah, to. Yeah, I'll just rub my stomach like I'm with child. <laughs> And just look a little yeah, sad. I can't use that's that how one. you sell it. Just yeah. Like, oh, see, fuck. we can get back to this long hair thing because one of the upsides to having long hair is when I see guys like you doing that in the subway and I'm wearing headphones, I go, "Oh, <laughs> terrifying!" <laughs> I do. tap them and make them fuck. Get up. Yeah, dude, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the only people, and and actually maybe we can maybe we can. <laughs> By the way, this it. is like a very rare thing for me. I just want to put that. Oh, out. I know. Not you're like the best. Long hair and bald guys can pull that shit off. I totally and. I totally get what you're saying. But I've I, done it. I wonder. It's the I. I really get bothered by people not getting up. My only point of contention would be: Can you blame a first generation immigrant who that is not part of their culture? Like I notice. I mean, I ride the Jersey City New York train or uh-huh. Jersey City Newark train, and I'm usually one of just a couple white guys on that train. And I notice that white guys, black guys. Uh, you know, more than like second generation immigrants, guys are more Americanized, tend to always get up, which makes me think it's part of this like English American custom. And then I see younger, like first generation Indian guys and stuff like that don't even notice. And I got to assume I like to give them a pass for a while. You know what I mean? I feel like, of course, I don't know when the first time they let a pregnant lady stand right. to right now because I would, in in my estimation, I'd give them like a two year cushion to learn. That's interesting. But, That's but nice uh, of you. I didn't know Jews were considered white. Jews aren't white. You just said it's we white have our guy. own disease. <laughs> <laughs> so you tr- kind of treat um, first generation Indians like uh, pregnant women. Like you let them sit. <laughs> you almost like will you'll tap a pregnant lady and go, "Hey, get up, man!" Okay. See that pregnant this guy? This guy doesn't yeah. know that you I'll deserve like, this. I'll be like, "You're, I know you're pregnant, but you're American, so yeah. just get up." He yeah. doesn't really know He's the deal pregnant. yet. Yeah. yeah, and I'm so pro assimilation that I will force a pregnant. That's woman what I love to stand. about you. Yeah. yeah, I will. That's good, and she yeah. respects you for that. It'll toughen up her kid. Yeah, that is right. True. Completely. I'll even I'll, I'll drink a fifth of whiskey. I'll even hand her some. Mm-hmm. Nature nurture. The kid, man. the kid's not drinking. <laughs> Wait, aren't they connected at that point? They are, but, you know, the kid's not drinking. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that means. Man, that's exactly how we like to end things. <laughs> Always end on fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> alcoholic fetuses. An offensive joke that only half the room gets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Perfect. Kind of our roll. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nikki. It's been Thanks awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Nikki and Benny. Yeah, Great. So yeah, good. man. That was fun. So here's where it got, it, it turned in a way that I thought in any kind of normal conversation would have been bizarre. But on this show, it was fine. <laughs> you open a question with, you do bits about having sex sober. <laughs> And how difficult that is. And my first thought was, as a married man, I haven't had sex drunk in a long, long time. Like, I even thought about that, you know? Yeah, it's a real thing. So, yeah, well, I mean, like, it's not like it was, like, weighing on my mind. But, yeah, like, she had some stand-up about it, and then she kind of brought it up again. And I was like, this is clearly something that, like, I want to explore more. Yeah. Well, if someone who decided I'm not going to drink anymore, I'm not going to party anymore is one thing. But, you know, for those who can... Uh, who can do it? Moderation, whatever your thing is. I think it's genetic, but whatever. Um, I am obviously not a scientist by day. Uh, I thought that was a ballsy question. Really? Yeah, in a good way. Like I don't. I would. I, I, yeah, I would. Well, that's about? funny because I feel like I always think that you ask a, like I feel like you always ask the stuff that I'm scared to ask. So it's <laughs> funny for you to think, like. I just feel like I'm like too wimpy to ask stuff. Sometimes. It never occurred to me of asking anyone sex sober. You know. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but I just having, I guess I saw her talk about it. Because I always had earlier. those, I've, I always had those in the, you know, the, the younger stupid drunk days of waking up going, huh. Yeah. Did anything happen? That's weird. Shit. You know where your first thought is, is my wallet in the room? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I feel like that's like, can be like way easier in a lot of ways. I also hated, and I mean this in a positive way hated hearing about how she has to like do her comedy tours with a dude you know what i mean like that's fucked up that as a woman she has to you know have like you know a younger comic who's a guy be there as you know kind of a a force because men are stupid and are shitty yeah a lot of people out there yeah i mean i totally get it but yeah it sucks i agree and i i and i've mentioned this to my mother have I just been naive my entire life or does it seem like the planet is getting shittier to women in general? But she's like, nope, it's always been that way. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's, it's interesting because like there was all this stuff uh, with Joyce Manor, like in the last couple of days about like they stopped a show cause like guys were stage diving and like landing on kind of girls that were in the front and they were like, basically were like, you guys, people have to stop stage diving for shows. Like people are like, girls are getting hurt. Like yeah. this sucks. And like, it was weird. Like my first instinct was sort of like just being kind of, I was like, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like no one wants to get hurt, but also it's like a show. And then this girl wrote this essay and she was like, you know, I'm a girl and I'm really small. And she's like, I can't really see the band. Cause my instinct is always like, well then don't stand in the front. But she's like, I can't see the band unless I'm up front. Cause I'm five, two or whatever. So I have to push my way up front in order to see. And then I get up there and it's like dudes, like three times my size boots are kicking me in the head. And, it was interesting. Like, I was like, wow, I never thought about it from that perspective. That totally makes sense. You're not up there because, like, you're up there out of necessity, sort of. Yeah, dude. And it's like st- stage diving at its at its basic form 
um, is almost like heckling. And I don't mean it as that negative to the band because certain bands you want to be stoked and see a band go that crazy. Right. But it's a very weird thing if you look look at it from the outside of, wait a minute, you like this band so much, you want to jump up on stage with them, break that wall, right, and then jump back out onto people you don't know and either trust the fact they're going to hold you up or just land on their head without them knowing. And uh, a lot of us saw Fugazi back in the day, and I've seen... Fugazi stop shows and, you know, yell at the crowd, like, stop it. Someone's going to get hurt. And they told a story about some girl got kicked and got paralyzed. And it's the probability. Is that really going to happen? You know, it's it's probably not. But just be safe. I don't know. It's a very weird thing that. Yeah. Because I'm you're sure, in a like punk- if aliens watching this are like, what? Like, what are these idiot humans doing? So, you know, when people get up on stage and at a United Nations show and want to hurl themselves off. Like, what's your first thought? This is awesome or don't step on my pedals? Don't step on my pedals. I don't really care what anyone does as long as they don't unplug anything. Okay. Because it's also, like, you can't, like, you can't, to an extent, like, you can't really control it. Like, what are you, like, you're up there kind of doing your job. Mm -hmm. So it's like, whatever's happening around you is kind of happening around you. It's just so bizarre to me that people want to, are so excited that all they can think of doing is getting up on the stage and then immediately hurling themselves off. Yeah. Like, punk shows should be in gymnastic studios near a foam pit like that's where the mosh pit should be in the foam pit so everyone's fine yeah or a big ball pit that's what i'm trying to say is that we're going to start a going off track <laughs> hardcore tour at ikea david has been spending way too much time no i drank bulletproof fucking coffee which is your fault <laughs> completely your fault anyway nikki glazer's awesome follow her on twitter she's amazing go yeah see follow her. her on twitter uh and go see out. her live see her live and she probably has like 800 awesome things going on right now, too. Yeah. You'll hear about soon. Yeah, we have three. Yep. Uh, and they're this Twitter uh, account, this Facebook page, this website, and this podcast. That's it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.